RWC at home, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Let me bring a few announcements, and after that, we're going to have our Advent reading this week. Uh, we're meeting live as well as online, 9 o'clock and 10.30 at our physical location in Roblin. You're welcome to join us. Hey, on the 19th, Sunday the 19th of December, we have a 2 p.m. Christmas event that's happening here at the church, and that's RSVP. And then also on Christmas Eve, 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., there's an RSVP event, and it'll be online as well. I want to thank you for your giving, and uh, some give here at the church uh, by way of envelope or a debit machine system, or you can give by e-transfer at uh, roblinwc at gmail.com. Thank you for participating with us that way. Well, listen, we want to get into our time today as I speak a sermon to you about brokenness. But right now, let's hear our Christmas Advent scripture reading from Melissa Price. Thank you so much, Melissa. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. These will be his royal titles, Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His expanding, peaceful government will never end. He will rule with perfect fairness and justice from the throne of his father, David. He will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of the world. This is going to happen because the Lord of heaven has dedicated himself to do it. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, Mary, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Congratulations, favored lady. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, he the angel told her, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon now, you will become pregnant and have a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He shall be very great and shall be called Son of God, and the Lord shall give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he shall reign over Israel forever. His kingdom shall never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of God shall overshadow you, so the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the Son of God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. And the, then the angel disappeared. Mary responded, Oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God my Savior. Thank you so much, Melissa. I am Pastor Bert McCutcheon here at the Rebel Wesleyan Church, and it's, it's a privilege for me to be able to share with you the message today, and we're going to have a time of worship following this. Uh, I want to talk to you today about brokenness. We're going to start out with a scripture. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to start verse 16 to 21. And this is not your typical Christmas scripture, but let's hear it. He, and this is meaning Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And it says, And on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. On rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, 
because he has appointed, anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We want to talk to you today, not about love, joy, peace, hope, and obviously those are part of this, but we want to talk to you on this Christmas second Advent. We want to talk to you about brokenness. Um, I must admit to you that uh, I can enjoy a Hallmark Christmas movie. And so I decided that I would look up on our good friend Google, and this is what I put in. What is the formula for a Christmas Hallmark movie? Now I'm gonna give you 15 common traits, but before I do, what I did find out is as of 2017, there were 136 Hallmark Christmas movies in their library. I couldn't find 2018, but in 2019, they added 40 more, and in 2021, there were 41 more, and so you can imagine how many Hallmark Christmas movies they, there are. And by the way, most of them are made in Canada with about a $2 million budget, and they stretch it because of the dollar and some tax breaks in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. So there you go. We learned all kinds of things about Hallmark Christmas movies. But I want to give to you the 15 most common traits of a Hallmark Christmas movie because we're thinking about brokenness. And what we see here is we just have such a thirst in our culture for things to be fixed and perfect. There's like this fantasy of everything just being so. So here we're going to work our way down from 15, 15 common traits. The main character comes home for Christmas. So if you're out there writing a Hallmark Christmas movie, take note. It snows on Christmas. The big relationship misunderstanding has to happen. It's part of the formula. Then you have the holiday competition that takes place, either amongst family or in the town. Someone, number 11, sings the holiday song. Number 10, Christmas is about more than presents, and that comes out in the relationships. Number nine, quaint small towns are better than big cities. Number eight, a Christmas ceremony is often there that is meant to save the town from some kind of impending, possibly financial doom. Seven, someone is secretly in love with their best friend. Number six, the corporate big shot, he wants to close, they want to close down the factory, the lodge, the tree lot. Number five, Santa or his elves are called in to interfere and save the day. Number four, kids play matchmaker for the single parent. Number three, all the work, no romance boyfriend is introduced. 
Number two, successful woman must choose between family and career. And then number one, the boyfriend is secretly a prince. So those are the common traits of a Hallmark movie. And it does remind me that we so long for things to be fixed. We just, we just are hungry for it. Listen, Jesus came into a hurting, broken world. I want to talk to you about my first remembrance of brokenness. Uh, it's, it's funny as I look back on this. It's through my, my mother, and it's basically through her emotions. I'm not even sure I understood the significance of what took place. But I remember my mom was uh, vacuuming at the bottom of a staircase in our living room, and she inadvertently knocked a, a candle holder. It was a pear, uh, a ceramic candle holder, off of the wall and her reaction to me as a young person it was off the wall i can remember the tears i can remember extreme frustration and as i look back i i don't know to this day is because the candle holders was particularly special maybe had been given to her by someone i don't remember maybe it is just because my mom had four boys five of us, including dad, and she just wanted to have something special and it broke and it was so frustrating to her. And it may have been just some of the pent up emotions of life. But I remember seeing it in hundreds of pieces on the floor. And really, it was irreparable. We kept one up there, she did for a long time, but it was never the same. The second two also come from my mother, both of them, I remember my mom crying on my father's shoulder. One was over a friend of our family's that went through a very difficult, very difficult thing. And I can remember my mom crying on dad's shoulder. And the second one is, I remember when my third brother was born. I would have been six years old. And I remember that he was so sick and they weren't sure that he was going to live. And she was there in the hospital. And when we went in, I can remember her crying on my dad's shoulder. And so somehow we get a picture, I got a picture as a young person of, of brokenness and of grief. For me as a young person, my first sort of primary, it was me. I remember being in my bed, I heard the call come in and my mom received word that Reverend Roy Scamahorn, some of you watching may know that name, that he had passed away. And as a young person, he meant so much to me. And I remember crying there because I could tell from the phone call that a horrible accident had taken place and he had died and he was special to me. And I was introduced, and it doesn't take long, to be introduced to brokenness in our lives. In this world, broken things are despised and they're thrown out. Anything we no longer need gets thrown away. Damaged goods are rejected and that often includes people. The world is full of people with broken hearts, broken spirits, and broken relationships. And listen, Jesus came into a broken world. He came here for broken people. Good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release for the oppressed. We cannot really understand Christmas without understanding that Christmas was a rescue mission. Christmas was a rescue mission. 
Jesus didn't enter into a Hallmark Christmas movie. The song, uh, Way in a Manger, has that line, no crying he made, but that's not very accurate. He came into a hurting world with a lot of tears. A hurting world, uh, Israel was under siege, right? Under Rome, uh, Luke 2, 1, in those days, Caesar Augustus. Caesar was, was sort of the small g god of, of the world. He thought he was capital G. And he, a decree went out that the whole world, the whole Roman world should be taxed. They were under Rome. They were under religious rulers who were powerful and self-absorbed. Matthew 23, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Jesus said, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. We see sickness and poverty in Israel, lepers, beggars, cripples, widows with nothing. And then the spiritual oppression. Jesus says to Nicodemus, that particular religious rulers, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isaiah would say in Matthew 4, 16, prophetically of the coming of Messiah, the coming of Jesus, the people living in darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. They were living in darkness, and that's the world that Jesus entered into. It was an overcrowded Bethlehem. There was corruption. There were outcasts. There was broken hearts. It was a broken Israel. And listen, you may be in a broken situation right now. This Christmas in 2021, your life your circumstances do not look anything like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And I want you to know that God wants to speak into your pain. He understands heartache. He was not just a casual observer. Jesus entered. He was among us, Emmanuel, God with us. So the scriptures show the heart of Jesus. And we see this in a very powerful telling of John chapter 11, verse 33. Jesus comes to Bethany. He has heard of the passing of his friend Lazarus. He meets Mary and he meets Martha, the two sisters. They were friends of his. And all of the people are there and they are grieving the passing of Lazarus, Jesus' friend. And let me read to you John eleven thirty-three. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then we have the uh, shortest verse in the Bible, and it simply says, verse 35, Jesus wept. And I think that is a picture for us to begin to grasp God weeping, to begin to grasp brokenness. Psalm 147 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Broken pencils, ornaments, promises, broken bones, friendships, dreams, hearts, and lives. We live in a broken world and it's woven into our humanity. Nobody escapes it. It's an experience that every one of us will face in our life. 
And we think of it even more when we think of Christmas, I think we do. I want to give you five meanings of brokenness from the Bible. Five ways or five specific kinds of ways that the Bible unpacks or, or begins to help us understand brokenness. And so let's start with number one. Brokenness that is caused by our own sin. There is a brokenness that comes from our, our own sin that, that becomes a wedge between us and God. Uh, we see it in different places. We see it, Peter, when he denied Christ those three times and, and the brokenness that came over him when he turned, really, on the Lord in his greatest time of need. We see it in King David quite spectacularly, really. In Psalm 52, we have that amazing chapter, the, the repentance of David, the, the brokenness that he shows. It's an inward brokenness. He, he says, if it, if it were the blood of rams and goats, I would have given it. But, the, but what does God desire? A broken and a contrite heart. Because our brokenness leads us back to God. When we're able to face ourselves and face our humanness and face those areas of sin. What, what is sin? It's, it's, an, it's, it's a controversial word in our uh, general society, but it's all that is not God. It, it is us doing what is outside of the creator of us. And when we're ready and we're, we're willing to face those areas in our life that are not aligned to him, that are causing us to be separated. It's painful sometimes to look into a mirror. Uh, sometimes it, it's it, a mirror of the soul, especially so, because we see things. And David ultimately was willing. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. He was willing to open up his heart, but it's, it's so easy for us to avoid looking at ourselves because we don't like what we see and we don't want anybody else to see it and we don't want God to see it even. But until we are willing to face our own brokenness, because when we face brokenness, that's the point of humility. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. When we're willing to see the brokenness that has been caused by our actions, our attitudes, our words, even our thoughts. When we're willing to face those, when we have a broken, it leads us to turn. That's the word repentance. It means to turn. It means to align ourselves with God. And he longs to hear the words, God, I'm sorry. And when we do, he forgives us. And so we have the opportunity for restoration and to authentically once again enjoy friendship with God. Again, Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So that's the first one, brokenness that is caused by our own sin. Number two, okay, ready? It's broken people crushing other people. In the Bible, we see broken people breaking other people or crushing other people. Hurt people hurt people. When we are in a hurting state, we are much more apt to be 
focused inward and to walk on or to hurt with our words or our actions those that are around us. And we've been on both sides, I suspect, of this equation. Just last week, I had, uh, I had someone ask me, of all things, I, I didn't have this really in my notes necessarily, but I had somebody ask me if I would show my, my uh, vaccine passport. And I realized how much of a raw issue that is. And I'm not opening up that issue right now, except to say that it's, it, it's been an abused issue and the, certainly the mandating of things. And I just, the point that I'm trying to make is, I found myself getting really short with the person and they were just doing their job. They were just doing their job. And I found myself short with them. Now that may be such a small thing, but in those moments I had to face that there was a deeper thing and I had to look at it afterwards and say, why did I respond that way? Why did I give them a hard time? I like to leave people in a state of feeling better about their day, in a, in a state of feeling better about their job. And I am sure that was not one of those times where I rose to the top. I left them feeling probably frustrated. Why? Because I just had a little bit of a hurt, a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about an issue and I took it out on them. Hurt people, hurt people, and it can be a lot deeper than that. Jesus, he was betrayed. Um, David grieved over the loss of a friend in Psalm 55. Uh, we see how the, the hurt gets passed on. Number three, the brokenness of the world can break us. The brokenness of the world can break us. We don't escape life without feeling the world's brokenness. A shocking phone call, a physical sickness, an accident, uh, losing a loved one, a circumstance that brings you to your knees. I remember years ago when uh, my youngest brother had leukemia and something of maybe the trauma I was the oldest so it's not that I was super super young but I was young and in years and there was something so traumatic about the news that for uh, months maybe years but months for sure when when the phone would ring I would have this this emotional reaction stealing myself against whatever news was on the other end of that line brokenness the hurt that comes in the world there there are things that happen that that we don't understand and and they can be from small to more serious but they are hurtful to us and they can leave us broken and we see this in the world jesus said this in john 16 33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The world's going to bring some hurts. It's going to bring some brokenness. And really no one escapes it. Well, number three, number four. So number three was broken people crushing other people. That was number two. Number three, the brokenness of the world can break us too. Number four, broken lives in the Bible, broken lives, but unexpected beauty. Oh, wow. We, we see that. We see that all through Scripture. 
I, I reference it so many times. I love, I love the telling of Joseph prison imprisoned in a pit lied about forgot about and yet he comes to a place where God uses him you meant it for evil but God meant it for good God bringing beauty out of ashes and listen I don't know where you are right now you may be in the middle of the circumstance maybe you're coming out of the circumstance maybe you're just heading into a difficult circumstance but God will bring beauty from ashes if we will hold on. So many testimonies. Uh, they are shaped, th those testimonies, uh, they're not shaped by uh, our strengths for the most part. Uh, they're not shaped by all the good times. Those testimonies are shaped by the hard things that we've gone through. They're, they're shaped by the difficult times, the valleys that we have walked through in our lives and that's where our testimony is is forged and and how God worked and how we see that he's done things in our life we see new life and new opportunities Isaiah 61 verse 3 to all who mourn in Israel he will give a crown of beauty for ashes a joyous blessing instead of mourning and festive praise instead of despair Romans chapter 8 it says, for we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God brings good things out of bad things, and we may not always see it. We may not always see it as clearly, and maybe you've been there and you say, well, I don't see any good that came out of that. And sometimes, like a child with a parent, we don't understand, we can't see the beginning from the ending, and God sees it. But we have to give that to God. God in the Bible so often would birth new things, fresh things out of very difficult things. Well, the fifth thing that the Bible talks about in terms of brokenness is a broken Jesus for a broken world. When we think of the baby in the manger, it is such an amazing story and it thrills our heart. But to think of brokenness, the one who understands brokenness most is the one who we so often leave out of the equation when we go through brokenness. And yet he went through things. Let me read to you Hebrews 4.15. This is what the writer of Hebrews says to us. And he's, he's claiming Christ to be like that high priest, the highest of the high, who, who is the intermediator between us and God. And this is what he says, for we do not have a high priest was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. That's not Jesus. We don't have a Jesus who says, come on, pull up your bootstraps, you can do it. What's wrong with you? We don't have a Jesus who never faced anything. He was, he was born in luxurious, gold-laden halls and knows nothing of hardship, poverty, or suffering. He was born in a manger. He goes on to say, but we have one, a high priest, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. He was without sin. God is no stranger to our human experience. He was born in relative poverty. He never owned a home. Luke 9.58, Jesus speaks to those that would follow after him, and he says, foxes have holes and birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was broken. He wept, he bled, he was tempted, he faced death, 
and Philippians reminds us, even death on a cross. Isaiah speaks of him when he says in 53 verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. We're about to, in our home, we're about to put up our our nativity scene in the home. We have a lovely nativity ceramic set that we bought probably 20 years ago, maybe. And we bring it out every year with care and we put it up. But regardless of how careful we've been, several years ago, Mary broke her arm. And every Christmas, in fact, I was reminded as I was thinking about speaking to you here, I was reminded of Mary's broken arm. And every year I do the same thing. I think, well, I probably should fix that. And I don't. And so now I'm anticipating uh, opening up the box and probably Mary's arm is still broken unless my wife played a fast one on me. It's a broken arm. And I was thinking about the two pictures of Mary. The first picture that comes to my mind is the Christmas card picture of Mary. You can Google it. You can look on many Christmas cards. You see Mary maybe holding the baby Jesus or, or reaching out toward the manger and you see a halo glow around her, her head and just this serenity and youth and vitality. That's a picture of Mary. But there's a second picture of Mary. And this one is at the crucifixion. And this one is a picture of Mary and she's kneeling and her hands are clasped and there's pain etched on her face while Jesus is taking his very last breath. And this is, a, this is now a mature Mary. This is a Mary who now knows her, her, the fullness of her true calling in life. This is a Mary who had been the closest of the close witness to Jesus. We can lose sight of the fact that God used Mary's brokenness to birth his son. A young outcast girl, suspect by her husband, and the loneliness that obviously came with that, only a cattle stall was available to them. And yet, God used her to birth the King, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Mary's life may have looked muddy and messy on earth, but in heaven, Mary's brokenness, it birthed redemption. You see, Christmas was a rescue mission. That's what Christmas is about. And that's why when we think about the brokenness of Christmas, we are reminded that that's what Jesus came to do, is to speak into our humanity and make a way for us through the fires of circumstance and life and to spiritually do what no other could do, is to bring salvation to as many as received him. To those who believed on his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. We were lost. The people of darkness now have seen a great great light. In brokenness, uh, we come against temptations. And those temptations, they cause us to want to pull away from God so many times. When we're broken, it's easy for some to start blaming God. 
uh, it, it's easy to start asking questions and we get so quagmired in the why, why, why questions of life. Um, but in those very same brokenness, it's our greatest opportunity to draw closer to God. We can be pushed away, but it's the greatest opportunity to draw near to him. So what will we do? Uh, we're in these circumstances. We face these broken things. It may be because of our own doing. It may be being crushed by someone else. It may be being crushed by the world, whatever it is. What do we do? Do we blame anger, bitterness, putting a wedge in our relationship with God? Or do we surrender? Do we have trust? Do we find gratitude in the midst of that? And are we drawn closer, creating reliance? And it fortifies that relationship with Jesus. Christ is the remedy for our brokenness. It's why he came. Christmas was a rescue mission. Jesus was not born into a Hallmark movie situation. He was born into a broken world so that he could bring salvation. Brokenness that is caused by our own sin, brokenness people, broken people crushing other people. The brokenness of the world can break us too. Broken lives but unexpected beauty and a broken Jesus for a broken world. I want to encourage you this Christmas to lean into him. Uh, find the Lord in the middle of your brokenness. Don't become bitter. Reach out to him. Lean into him. We have a spiritual enemy who wants nothing more but for us to have a wedge, to be separated from his love. But lean into him during your brokenness. We have a beautiful song. Chris Rice wrote this song, Come to Jesus. And uh, it has been put with a movie uh, of the life of Christ. And so there's some powerful images that we will see for these next three minutes. But it's worshipful. And may it draw us. And listen, I just encourage you as you watch this, just maybe you want to cup your hands. and Maybe you want to sort of mentally put in that, put there that brokenness. Whatever you're facing right now. It may be a hurting relationship or hurting finances. Uh, it may be a, a circumstance that nobody else knows about. Maybe there's something physically that's happening in your life. And, and the doctors haven't given you some very good news. And you're struggling with that. There's so many things that we face. But listen, give your brokenness to him. Come to him. Don't allow yourself to be separated from the very one who has gone through the fire, has gone through everything that we've gone to, and he wants to lead us through those things if we will let him. Come to Jesus. Let's watch it, and then we're going to worship some more in song after that as well. Oh. 